Hi, I'm Helen Dix. I work for the Environment Agency. Um, my substantive post is a catchment coordinator and in that role I work with partners to help people understand the problems that face the catchment and what can be done about them. I help to develop projects and secure funding so that over time we can collectively make a difference to the catchment. But at the moment I'm on assignment as a team leader of a flood risk team. Uh, my team work with communities and partners during the early development of flood schemes to try and secure the funding that we need to deliver them. They also do really important work to protect um, the environment through environmental permitting um, so that people who are working in rivers can ensure that their work doesn't increase flood risk or damage the environment. My pathway to where I am now with the Environment Agency probably started when I was about 11 um, and I went with primary school to an outdoor education centre in the Lake District um, on at the banks of Lake Coniston. Um, we did a programme there called Earth Keepers um, and that really sparked my imagination and my interest in the environment. Um, and that subsequently led to me studying sort of geography related GCSEs and then doing an environmental science A-level. Um, and then going to Lancaster University to study environmental science. When I left university, I had a year working in the environmental department of a chemical company and then um, spotted the environment officer job at the environment agency, which really took my fancy because it was kind of out and about a lot, working with people to improve the environment. Um, and after doing that role for a while, um, the catchment coordinator role became um, established and, and that was a kind of ideal job for me at the time. Um, working with lots of different people um, and that's part of my motivation is working with people to improve the environment and it was a combination of two different things that really attracted me to that role. So the next step on for me from the catchment coordinator role um, naturally was looking towards flood risk. Having worked in the Environment Agency for a long time, I'd worked with colleagues in the flood risk side of the business um, and also through my incident management role as an area-based controller, I'd dealt with a lot of flood incidents and seen the impact that that had on people's lives. The, the kind of experience and the joy that I'd got from working with partners in the environmental side of the business, um, it was natural to take that on a step to to kind of work in partnership with people for flood risk purposes to try and reduce flood risks that faces our communities in Lancashire. The people that have influenced me most through my life are most definitely my parents. Um, they're both teachers and they completely believe that education is the answer to any problem. And they've worked in some pretty difficult communities in the centre of Liverpool. Um, my mum worked with children with special needs and through that work they've made a real difference to people's lives and that's kind of really brought it home to me that whatever I'm doing in the environment, education is kind of at the heart of that, no matter who I'm working with. Some of the role models, um, so I can't really not mention Sir David Attenborough. Um, I was watching Gogglebox the other day um, and he was described as the greatest naturist on the planet. Um, but I don't think that Blue Planet 2 could have woken the country up to plastic pollution to the extent that it did without him. Um, and he's raised awareness of environmental issues so much through his work over a decorated kind of lifetime um, that that's, that's kind of really impressive for me. 
And then aside from that, lots of my colleagues that I work with, both at the Environment Agency, but in other organisations as well, who work tirelessly to improve the environment and flood risk. And I find that kind of attitude really inspiring. I like to do anything active in my spare time, especially if it involves being in the outdoors. Um, I love hiking and mountaineering, um, especially in winter when the ground's all covered in snow. Um, but I also like swimming quite regularly, swim in open water up in the Lake District, for example. Um, I also play a bit of netball and um, do a bit of cycling. Um, and some of those things kind of combine to make me a very slow triathlete. One of the key locations for me on the Ribble catchment is here in Worley and that's for a, com a combination of factors and some of those are quite poignant really. Worley was badly affected by the floods on Boxing Day in 2015. I have a standby, for, a standby role for the agency which meant that on Christmas morning I already had a pretty good idea that places like Worley might flood on Boxing Day. So whilst my family were opening presents I was talking to our partners including the army to try and mobilise as much help as we could for communities as possible. I didn't work on Boxing Day, um, but I was watching the reports coming in of the different communities that had been affected, and what happened was pretty awful, really. However, in Worley and Billington, what happened afterwards was really inspiring. The community came together, and help came from far and wide to make sure that people had food and clothes. And since then, the Flood Action Group has been really positive and active in trying to work with the Environment Agency to develop a scheme to reduce flood risk. The local school children also work with the Ribble Trust to learn about rivers and to share their experiences, and I was lucky enough to be a, a small part of that. Hearing their stories was quite emotional, but watching them learn about flooding and how to look after rivers was really uplifting. There's also a hydropower scheme here. Uh, the Environment Agency regulates hydropower schemes and the principles of free energy, which often benefit the local community, is one to be applauded. However, there is a delicate balance in terms of their impact on the environment, particularly on fish and eels. It always brings home to me the importance of understanding the interests of all of our stakeholders in our rivers uh, in order to be able to make the right decisions in my working life. Another important place for me on the Ribble catchment is here at Mitten and again it's because of a combination of factors. We're not very far away from the confluence between the Hodder and the Ribble and then a little bit further downstream from there is the confluence between the Calder and the, and the River Ribble. Um, and there's some interesting things that happen to the river here. The Hodder flows into the Ribble and actually we see an improvement in the water quality and the, eco the ecological status of the Ribble just downstream of the Hodder for that short period of time until the Calder then joins it and the Calder has the opposite effect. So it, it highlights for me the fact that the Hodder is a good quality river and it actually dilutes some of the pollutants in the Ribble for a short period of time before the Calder then has the opposite effect. Another reason for this being important to me is that there's a combination of diffuse rural pollution impacts here. Um, there are 
a number of farmers' fields um, that aren't particularly well fenced off. Um, so livestock have free range to access the river. And we've also had some historical problems with some septic tanks in this area that the Environment Agency have had to do some regulation for. Um, and then last but not least, it's the location of a fishing beat that the Environment Agency own, but the Ribble Rivers Trust operate. Um, and it enables people to come and fish the Ribble at a relatively affordable rate without necessarily having to be part of a, of a club. Uh, I think it's important to kind of have that access for all um, and it also helps generate some funds that can be put back into the river to help us improve it in the future. Without a doubt, the biggest challenge that I face in my role, and I think probably that most environment agency colleagues face, is balancing the needs of all the people who have an interest in our watercourses. There's such a huge range of views on what the most important things are. And in a lot of cases, people's livelihoods and safety of their homes depend on the decisions that we make. That said, the most rewarding times come when you can find common ground and find win-wins for lots of people. There's no better feeling. I recently started my new role as the Partnership and Strategic Overview Team Leader in Flood Risk Management at, Environment, at the Environment Agency. Um, about eight days before I started that role, um, we had some fairly severe flooding out on the wire catchment, but also up in Goldgate and Lancaster. Um, and it, it was a real eye-opener for me coming straight into that team immediately after the flooding to see both how many people it affected and, and you know, I always knew how devastating flooding can be for people when they're affected. Um, the impact on my team is massive for that because obviously people are really upset. Um, we get a lot of correspondence, um, MPs often get involved um, and my team can spend days and days just writing letters to people to explain what happened during the incident and what we'd done before the incident, during um, and what we can do afterwards to help people. My fourth day in my job I was spent um, sat with some people that had flooded on the wire catchment. Um, so sat in Poulton La Fylde um, talking to people who were clearly quite, still quite shocked, many of them still out of their homes and many of them would be out of their homes for another six months to come probably and all of that just before Christmas. Um, that was quite, had a, an emotional impact on me um, but also kind of reinforced how important our job is. Um, sometimes people see us as the bad guy and think that there are things that we could have done during an incident that might have saved their home from flooding and and they want to kind of vent their anger and frustration about that. But we do often get correspondence from people who really appreciate the help that we offer, um, especially when we start to make progress towards being able to provide flood schemes and, and to put protection levels in place that will reduce people's risk of flooding in the future. I often feel like a bit of a fraud talking about things that I'm proud of because the nature of my work is to help others do what they do best by bringing them together with other people who are striving towards the same goal or securing some environment agency funding which enables partners like the Ribble Trust to go out and secure even more funding to deliver brilliant projects like Ribble Life together. So I guess my accomplishments are really all about people, understanding them and what drives them 
uh, what they'd like to achieve and then helping them do it, ideally with a combination of other people as well. I recently got a hug from the chair of a flood action group because I'd brought together a number of different organisations that all had different responsibilities for different aspects of flood risk. The Flood Action Group hadn't really made much progress talking to the individual organisations by themselves, but just by organising a meeting I managed to get them working together and, and to get things moving. It clearly means a lot to the chair, but all I did was arrange a meeting, so it feels strange to say that that's something that I'm proud of. Some of the other things that I'm really proud of that I've accomplished alongside other people um, are some, some kind of key projects on the Ribble Catchment, including the Burnley Urban River Enhancement Scheme, which was undertaken a few years ago. And just after that, we found um, salmon fry upstream of Burnley Town Centre, and there hadn't been salmon fry upstream of there for probably about 150 years, basically since the Industrial Revolution. And making those kind of differences um, is, is you know really motivating and um, is what keeps me doing what I do. Um, but equally kind of hearing from other people who are pleased with the effects of those projects and for whom it has kind of worked out really well for. Um, so another example recently sharing the, sharing the feedback um, from the Ribble Trust that they got from the residents of Sabden um, about the, the Weir project there. Um, so the fact that people really value the work that's been done adds another dimension to projects which are you know, great in their own right and make a big difference to the environment and to fish and to different aquatic species but it's that importance to people that's, that's really important for me. Um, and then the Ribble Life project which is the biggest, you know, the biggest project with the most amount of funding that we've ever managed to uh, secure for the Ribble um, is, is kind of one of, the, one of the highlights really of my time as catchment coordinator um, and being able to secure the funding from the Environment Agency to contribute to that, to allow the project to, to really kind of um, tick all of our boxes was great, um, but it was a really easy business case to write because the need was there and the partners were there to make it happen and for it to be a great project. I don't like to spend too long sat at my desk, uh, so I make lots of opportunities to get out and see things and meet people and get out with my new team. And uh, you might have guessed by now, but I don't like to work too often by myself. And one of my main motivations is working with other people. So I probably annoy people by phoning them up or arranging meetings with them to, um, to kind of work with others as much as I possibly can. I also don't really like to see people impacted by our environment. Um, in a negative way, whether that's being flooded or not being able to enjoy a walk or a fishing trip because of a pollution incident. But at the same time, that's what motivates me to work harder and to improve things. I guess if it was all perfect, I'd have to get a different job. A year from now, it'll be great if we've made a brilliant start on the first year of Ribble Life together um, and then continued that into the second year. That means thousands of trees will have been planted um, we'll have created some brilliant wetlands um, and some fish passes. We'll also be getting data to show that these things are resulting in improvements to the environment. We'll find migratory fish in places we've never found them before. We'll have better water quality uh, and a lower flood peak, although that's quite a difficult one to prove. 
Um, but we'll not have rested on our laurels either and we'll have a list of new projects that's growing and we'll have tapped into new funding streams to help deliver them. We'll be able to reel off lots of other benefits that you might not necessarily link with the water environment, like people getting active and healthy across the catchment, and more visitors spending money and helping our economy thrive, and young people trained and employed in environmental management. Oh, and just the right amount of rain would be lovely. No floods, no drought. Thanks Mother Nature. Our Talking Rivers series of audio productions has been brought to you by Ribble Rivers Trust as part of the Ribble Life Together project. It celebrates the rich cultural, social and natural heritage of the Ribble catchment. Creating the series has been made possible by national lottery players through the Heritage Lottery Fund. This episode was recorded and edited by Harvey Hamilton Thorpe. For more episodes and information, visit ribblelifetogether.org.